The 211th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy. Worthy five. The Star Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court. Carolina with five. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won. 72 and how about them Tar Heels they are the national champions pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's it the Tar Heels are the national gaggum champions love guarded by Keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it Caleb from straight away here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. Almost a mere 37 hours after Carolina lost at Wake Forest last night as it took the team 37 minutes after the game to emerge from the locker room. We're going we're gonna to walk through this loss. We're going to take a look at the box score. We've got some audio from Hubert Davis and Armando Baycott we want to play for you guys. We'll give some more thoughts and takeaways from the game. And so with that, let's go ahead and dive right in, buddy. Uh, Carolina did fall last night at Wake Forest, 92-85. to It was their third straight loss of the season. Uh, Carolina now sits at 15-9 and all, uh, uh, overall, 7-6 and in the ACC, and squarely on the NCAA tournament uh, bubble. It was the third straight loss at Wake Forest, the longest such streak since losing four in a row to the Demon Deacons, Back through 1962 through 65, and that last loss when the team got back to Chapel Hill following that road defeat, uh, Billy Cunningham had to take down an effigy of Dean Smith that was hanging from uh, outside the gym. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that happened to Hubert Davis that we know of last night, where people were severely overreacting to a bad loss. Oh, it's happening! It's happening on social media. But I mean, just an all-around abysmal performance. Uh, Carolina would trail forty-seven to twenty-five at halftime. Uh, they trailed by as many as twenty-six in the second half, and of course, they would get it as close to seven before. Time would eventually run out. Tyree Appleby was the best player on the floor, uh, scored 35 points, handed out 11 assists, and set ACC records for most free throws made in a single game at 23 and attempted at 28 to culminate. I mean, look, Carolina's lost nine games, right? Yes. Um, And so every time you lose, it's disappointing. Last night, I mean, you could argue last night's loss was worse than the blowout losses last year to Kentucky, to Wake Forest, 
uh, to Miami, that home <laughs> loss to Pittsburgh. And the funny thing is, is that when the game went final, I wasn't all that mad. If you remember in the preview, I predicted Carolina to lose the ball game, but then sitting there listening to the post game stuff, and then just really thinking about the loss. I mean, I get. I mean, I know it's easy for you get for you to tell, and I hope you listening can tell. Man, I'm fired up because 15 and nine and seven and six yep. this year. Last year, understandable. First year head coach. Eh. You know, a lot of different things playing this year. Still a lot of talent. Yep. Uh, this year, this is this is this isn't even beyond embarrassing. Embarrassing is, is too nice of a word. Now, it's pathetic. Yeah, that's about. I mean, that's about as as well as you could describe it. Um, oh, I knew you were fired up. You could barely talk uh, at the at the start there. Uh, that's. I mean, you just want to get straight into this game and how bad this performance was. And I mean, just to tell you what kind of game you're dealing with here. First half, Carolina scores. 25 points, probably plays their worst half of the season. I mean, that second half at Duke was pretty bad, but this one was probably the worst considering how bad they were on the defensive end of the floor. They then turn around and score 60 points in the second half. More than they they scored scored. on Saturday alone! Yes. First ACC team ever to score 60 points and a half and lose! Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd... It's just an odd stretch they're going through here. This team, and here's the thing, this team for for the uh, you know for the most part they don't care they really don't and that's the thing that is just the most sickening part to me well they don't give a rat's patoot the, most of them the problem was was that the, it was known under four timeout we didn't come out well, I mean, look. When, when when Leaky Black gets a steal at the midcourt line. Oh, my God. And then, for some reason, looks behind him three times. I've to, never to, to seen find... a dude look behind himself more than that. I mean, my God, dude. Like, what, and then what you are you looking free for? Throws? That was my thing. was like, okay, you want to draw a foul? Whatever. Still an inexcusable sequence of events there. Oh, hell no. But then oh, you go no. and miss both foul shots? Look, there's a reason that his ass was on the bench last night, and it should have been on the bench because that play alone, I mean, what what are you, a defensive tackle running a, running a, a ball back for a pick six? Why are you looking so much behind you? What are you – just finish the damn play. That's part of the reason this team is struggling so much. Yes, I understand wanting to be aggressive and get to the foul line. In that situation, just finish the damn play. It's right in front of you. Like, that could have been momentum. And that, you know what? You know when that was as well? What stretch of the game was that? That was where after that, after that dumbass play. Jesus. Wake Forest then goes on a 15-0 run, and that was it. That's where Carolina lost the game right there, was after that play from a fifth-year senior. And, I mean, dude, he was on the bench late in the game for the majority of the time. Didn't look like he cared one, one bit. And I don't know, maybe that's just leaky black. But when they're showing him on the bench... And you see Armando frustrated over a foul call, and Leaky is literally just sitting there pouting like a pup. Like I just, I huh? How does that make sense? And by the way, he has not been—he has not been anywhere near as good of a defender as he was last year. 
Oh, hell no. There are times this year he gets absolutely blown by, and last night was a big part of it. This team, my last night especially, but I think it, it's becoming more and more of an issue. We saw it earlier in the year, and it it, it, it sort of it sort of disappeared a little bit when Carolina won that one ten to twelve. This team cannot defend ball screens. Holy crap, they can't. They have no faith in each other. There's no switching, and it goes back to communication. Jeremy Roach, and I hate to say this because I can't believe that a Duke player is is pointing this out, and nobody on the team is. This team does not communicate at all. They do not. It was evident again last night. You could just look at the guys on the floor, and when you're deal when when you are struggling that badly to deal with ball screens, it's because you ain't communicating. Yeah, and it's just I don't get it, man. It's 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 really it's it's really frustrating. Um, but I'm not surprised. It's why I thought Carolina. It's why I thought Carolina was going to lose the game, and then. I mean, may, maybe, maybe I'm just talking silly here. Possibly. What made it even worse was they clawed all the way back into the game. Yes. I mean, with three minutes to go, they were they were there. Like if if, if they they make a couple plays, they get a couple stops. This outcome would have been it wouldn't but it would have been in question. And because there's a disconnect between R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. Whoa, no. R.J. No. Davis. Say it, say it like it is. It's a disconnect between Caleb Love and everybody on the damn well, team. I mean. It what, ain't just R.J., man. Whatever it is. I mean, R.J. takes, I mean, a god. And I mean a god-awful shot. Yeah, he had, he knew he had a he, rough night. Because he knew if he gave the ball to Caleb, Caleb was also going to take a god Awful shot. Yeah, they both do. I mean, at this at this point, they both do. And, and and part of it, look, I know it, and I brought this up, and this is the one thing that, you know, when it comes to the actual shot selection at times, I, I think you just have to understand with this team, man, you got two dudes on the floor that can't shoot the ball a lick right now. They, that nobody is going to defend, and why should they? Like, nobody is afraid of Pete Nance. Nobody is afraid of Leaky Black. They're going to say, look, funnel everything towards those guys. Take away Love, Davis, and Baycott. Make those other guys beat you. That was Duke's game plan, and it worked to perfection. Yep. And, I I mean, it's just, it's at that point. But, yeah, you need, RJ, I mean, look, we've seen it a little bit here, a little bit more often here. Over these last few games, really since the finger injury, you've seen him start to take, you know, some 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 bad shots. But look, man, Caleb Love, Caleb Love takes the dumbest shots I've ever seen a a player in basketball take. He, My God, he, this is worse than YMCA players, man. Uh, he he is the real life equivalent to me shooting my shot with attractive women. I mean, I I just like, does this dude think that he's playing like NBA Heat or something? <laughs> Like, I just, I don't understand it. Is that an actual game? Yes. Okay, I never heard of that one. Like, does he just, I think that's the name of the game. I'm pretty sure. But, like, does he just think that the first time that a shot goes in, all of a sudden you're going to get on a hot streak and you won't miss the rest of the night? Like, the shots are just terrible. And last night. Well, last night he started 0 for 9 after all 9 misses. 
and dude, literally pouted on the court. Dude, it was the same. It was the same shot over and over again. Like, at what point do you realize the mid-range floater, bro? It is not going. It's not going for you tonight. Pass it up. Because, yeah, eventually, I think the game plan from Wake was just give it to him. Because he ain't, he ain't going to make the damn shot. And he didn't. And it, it shot after shot. And every time, Wake Forest down the floor, easy basket. Down the floor, easy basket. It's just... and. It's it's how early these shots are coming in the shot clock, too. Like, look, man, if you're having to take some of these shots that they're taking, like the one, oh, the one that should piss everybody off the most. There's a lot of them. I mean, he had the one, he had one great look, just just completely misses a lay-in, too. I mean, what the hell is that? Um, he's not the only one that should be criticized for missing bunnies at time too at times too. I'm not really going to say a whole lot about Armando because he's one of the dudes playing the hardest on this team and he actually is showing some leadership by stepping up and calling guys out, but Armando had some moments last night where he was missing some shots that left you scratching your head. This team's back to that. They did this last year as well. They can't finish easy baskets, but that shot that he that that Love took when it was an 84-74 game and they had a chance to, it, to to cut into the lead and put themselves right back in it with about three minutes left. I mean, that's one of the worst shots I've ever seen anybody take. In terms of the, the, the overall situation, how early in the shot clock it was, well, you know, just, just the look that he had. I, I could not... I could not believe what I was watching when he threw that. Actually, you know what? No, no, I could believe it. I could believe it because of who the player is. And at this point, and look, man, we, we're not going to get into it because we don't know. These are all just rumors. Man, this dude, if, if what we're hearing is true as well, this dude just continues to show he is selfish as hell, man. And that could be what's tearing this team apart. I think what even for me – compounded and made the loss 10 times worse was last night was the eighth year anniversary of coach smith's passing i didn't even put out a tweet about it because i didn't realize until after the game and i gotta be honest i don't really know how like that's that is an absolute disgrace and you know what we saw on the court last night wasn't Carolina wasn't Carolina basketball oh he is it, he would be ashamed isn't isn't Carolina isn't Carolina basketball and uh, until this team gets back to playing Carolina basketball this these results these losses they're not gonna they're not gonna stop um let's take a look now at the at the box score which is presented by DraftKings and, and this is uh <laughs> this is a box score that a lot of different uh, areas would lead you to believe that Carolina may have won the ball game. Um, Unbelievable. Wake Forest shot 44% from the field, just 27 of 62. Carolina wasn't much better. They were 30 of 74 overall. That's 41%. Carolina defended the three-point line well. Wake Forest was 5 of 19, 26%. They also, Carolina didn't shoot it much better. They were 4 of 18, 22%. 
<laughs> we mentioned Tyree Appleby's individual free throw performance. Wake Forest as a whole was 33 of 42. 36 uh, of those came in the second half, by the way. 36 for, attempts. For 79% shooting, Carolina much better, much more foul shots than Saturday Night and Cameron. They were 21 of 26. Uh, 12 turnovers for the Heels, but just nine points off of turnovers uh, for Wake Forest. Meanwhile, the Deeks committed uh, five turnovers, just four points for Carolina off of those. Rebounding Carolina 50 to 35 overall, 35 31 on the defensive glass, 15 to 4 on the offensive glass. They had three guys get double digit rebounds in this game, the first time since the national title defeat to Kansas a year ago. How many, how many second chance points did they get? 11. 11 to 4 in favor of Carolina but pathetic. As I often tell you guys with with uh offensive rebounds if you're not averaging close to 2 points per offensive rebound it it, it doesn't really matter. You didn't even average a point um, per offensive rebound. They were below that. Bench like, points 21-15 Wake Forest. Carolina fast break points 44 to 38 they won that. Uh, or that's points in the paint, 44-38. Fast break, 17-9. Carolina won that. Um, both teams had six blocks. Wake with seven steals. Carolina with four. 12 assists on 27 made baskets for the Deeks. Nine assists on 30 made baskets for Carolina. Uh, the game was, was tied two different times. Uh, but all in all, Carolina led for just 29 seconds last night. Meanwhile, Wake led for 37 minutes and nine seconds. Let's now move on to maybe the most important part of what we're going to talk about uh, on the show today. Um, and that's the quote of the games, which means we're going to inside the locker room where both Hubert Davis and both LaMelo Ball or not LaMelo Ball. I was what, looking what? at an audio of him. Uh, Armando Baycott spoke to the media after the game. As, as I mentioned when I opened up, Carolina went into the locker room after the game ended and did not leave for 37 minutes. Um, the SID, Steve Kirshner, was in that room. The UNC athletic director, Bubba Cunningham, was in that room. Probably not the greatest sign. Um but yes, Jones Angel was literally waiting for his coach's corner interview on the Tar Heel Sports Network. They went to three commercial breaks waiting for Coach Davis to emerge. I don't know if the rumors are true. I heard that Eric Montross was already back in Chapel Hill by the time that uh, Jones got Hubert out of the locker room. And so the first piece of audio I want to hear, or though I want to play for you guys, is Hubert Davis talking about his meeting with the team and him telling him he's now realized that when he talks to the team, he's actually talking to about 30 to 40 individuals. And I think I've said that before, that every time that I speak to the team, I'm speaking to 30 to 40 voices. They're not just 18. Uh, the voices of families, the voices of friends, the voices of phones, the voices of agents, the voices of workout guys. And that's why that I tell them to turn down the noise from the phone, the family, and the friends. And that's why I give them Bible verses, Proverbs 425, and tell them to ignore all sideshow distractions. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Because 
promote the people and the teams that are able to do that best are the ones that have a better chance of being successful. So are you saying there, there are some distractions with the team? I'm not saying that. I just told you what I was talking to the team. He ain't lying. Like, whenever you address a locker room now, uh, it's a major professional sport. So college football, in this instance, college basketball, which at UNC is the predominant sport of importance, and rightfully so. College baseball, college softball, whatever it is. There are so many more people behind the scenes that are that are involved in what's going on. And, and you know, that's 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 what he signed up for when you become the head coach in college athletics in this day and time and it's really really hard for these kids to 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 hear one thing from their families and their friends and from and from us as fans i mean as as and i don't think we were guilty of this but you would have thought this offseason this team won a national title the way that they were celebrated and look, they did a lot of big-time things last year. I mean, winning in Cameron in that setting, awesome. Beating Duke in the in the Final Four, that was awesome. But you also turned around 36 hours later and you lost in the national title game. After leading by 16 at halftime. Which was, you know, call, you know, going into the Final Four was like the biggest thing we had to wrestle with. Yep. Was beating Duke worth not winning a title? Because we knew... We just knew based off how and look, we saw both teams this week have hangover effects from a regular season game. We knew in that setting, like getting getting over that emotional high to then go play for a, a, a banner was going to be really difficult. And nobody would trade that. Nobody, yeah, nobody no. in the fan base, nobody on that team would trade that. But you know, all off season long, they were celebrated, and in reality. Some of their accomplishments should have been celebrated. But the reality of the situation was and is, you still fell short of the goal. The goal was to win the national well, championship. And here's the thing, man. Like, they apparent they told us that. They told mm-hmm. us they knew that. It wasn't like they came here and said, look, we did great things last year. We're just gonna see where this year goes. No. They all said, look, we're coming back for one goal. They posted all these videos that they were coming back for one goal. I got to tell you, as of right now, I mean, what, one guy seems to be living by that? I mean, maybe you could include R.J. Davis in there. I think a lot of his struggles recently are because of that finger. But, like, dude, that's it. Yeah. That's 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 all. Nobody else that came back. It seems like they have the same goals. I just and and I don't know. Is that on Hubert Davis? I have no idea. Well, you know, yeah. was he? Look, he said that he was going to coach these guys differently this year, and I, th- I that's where I think it is. I think that early in the year he coached these guys a lot different, and they had trouble adjusting to it. And now, now I really do believe, I I believe there is a chemistry problem with this team. I believe this team does not like playing with each other. And I got to be honest with you. If you are that stupid to believe that Hubert Davis can change something about that, I don't know what to tell you. If guys don't like each other, it doesn't matter what you do. They will not play together. If they hate each other that much, which 
if if the rumors we are hearing are true, and most of the people know what they're talking about, if you don't look it up, if that's true, you are not fixing that, man. Well, You're look, not. Here's no matter thing. what Hubert Davis does, man, you could have an intervention, whatever. If they don't like each other, it's over. Well, that's, It's over. That's they're not going to miss- work with each other. That's where you're missing the point. They don't have to like each other. As a matter of fact, I don't want my well, guys to like each other. For them to for them to win, they have to. No, they, they have, have to, re- to get along. They have to respect one another. Well, they don't, and that's the biggest issue. I, I, I don't want my guys. I, I don't like you, but I respect you. No, I, you don't. I, 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 I don't. I don't want my guys to like one another because I want them to be so daggum competitive that they're trying to claw each other's hearts out. Well, that's why you'll never coach a team. And be but, successful. but on on I the mean, flip side, with that competitive fire spirit, that character, there's got to be a mutual respect for one another, and that's that's what this team doesn't have. They don't they don't respect one another, and that starts with them respecting themselves. Well, this is this is some therapy type oh, stuff, right? This here. is what this team needs. They they need to go sit on a couch and listen to me talk to them with the well, sound they, machine they on. Need to, they need to figure out what the hell, like, dude. Last year, like, there's there's no fun for this team. They they have they have no fun playing the game. They look miserable. They look like they look like this is a job that they don't like. It feel, it, that it they're feels out like there a job just, watching them. Yes, that they're out there just going through the motions. And I pointed that out to you early in the year because I pointed it out to you last year. I said before that first Duke game, man, these teams the, 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 of last year, I said, man, these guys, they there's there's no energy. And I noticed it when we were in the Smith Center this year. When we went to the Georgia Tech game, I said, who's the energy guy on the bench? Like before the game, there's nobody. And look, man, you don't have to be Danny Green. Like Danny Green, that was, that was next level stuff. But even last year during the tournament run, like you saw a group that looked like they were enjoying playing with each other. Why is it that that's not showing up right now? Like you you have to get back to that point because if you don't, if you if, if you cannot get along with the guys that are on the floor, if you literally cannot look the other dudes in the eyes, if you can't help your teammate up off the floor, this was pointed out to me by one of my co- one of our coworkers earlier today, who's also a Duke fan. So take his opinion with a grain of salt. I mean, the dude he got he got fouled at one point. He was laying on the ground. Nobody walked over to him. He had to pick himself up off the floor and go to the foul line. Like, I mean, it's little stuff, man. But if I mean that, that's the type of stuff that shows that this team ain't working together. They're just, they're not. And if they're going to be selfish, then they ain't winning. They're, they're not winning anything. Not not only are they not winning anything, if they continue to be selfish, this team will not make the tournament. Guarantee it. Well, now that leads us to the second soundbite, which comes from Armando Baycott, who, you know, Hubert Davis was a lot more reluctant to say what happened inside that locker room. Um, Armando Baycott wasn't because he simply told the he told the media what he told the players, and that's if if you don't plan on showing up and playing your hardest, then you can just go home and quit. I'm not gonna quit. I love this university too much, and I love the game of basketball too much to quit. And 
like I told the guys, like these next couple of days are gonna be hard because I mean we did put in a bad performance and people are gonna be mad and rightfully so you should be, but we gotta block out the noise and just keep playing. I'm not quitting. How did the guys respond when you said, "Hey, don't show up on Thursday. You're not gonna give your all." I mean, it was a quiet locker room, but I guess we'll see who show up and who doesn't. Would you anticipate that there will be people who don't show up? That's what David said it too. I mean, we'll see. You're doing us a disservice. This university a disservice. These fans and all the players that played before us to show up and not all be all the way in. I actually uh, quote tweeted the 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 video of Armando's. It was it was like a two and a half minute compilation of him talking to the media. Yep. And I just quote tweeted and said, I freaking love Armando Baycott. And one of that is because, I, I mean, I, I do I do love him. Because um, I love every single member of, of the team in the program. I got... Questionable on some former players. I got emotional watching him talk. You know, Roy Williams always had a quote that he said, you're never going to care as much as I do, but if you come close, we'll be really doggone good. When when I when I look at Armando Baycott, and look, he's had his struggles this year. He wasn't great last night. Had a double-double, though, in 22 minutes. I mean, he scored 17 and had 11 rebounds in 22 minutes. That's pretty damn good, if you ask me. When, when I look at Armando Baycott... I I I think he's as close to a player since Marcus Page that I can look at and say he really really cares about winning and he doesn't care about winning for himself. He cares about winning for the University of North Carolina. And that's a really really great thing. Um but I mean, I, I would probably put Joel in there. I, it's 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 different because this guy is as vocal a leader Carolina has had, and that was just re that was just you know reminded to us last night because I have never in my life heard a player say if you don't if you're not going to come here and play 100, percent you can just quit, and that's what he told that's what he told his teammates. And this isn't the first time he's told him that. This is the second time in just over a month. Yeah, it's not, that's and not great. The funniest thing about it was that when Caleb Love was asked, do you think anyone won't show up? He said, no, everyone's going to be there. Yeah. When you're the biggest guy in question here. Yeah, I got to be honest. Do we... Nah, no, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna say that. I, I don't. I yeah, that's the dude that we're all questioning at this point. And, and and so, you know, it's just Armando Baycott. He deserves more than what this team has given him. Yep. Because he's an all-time great. He he came back with one simple goal in mind. And that's to win a national championship. And this guy wears his love for this university on his sleeve. We've talked about the the hair to start the season. We've talked about the tattoo. We talked about him on, on national TV after beating Ohio State, saying, quote, I would die for this place. That's how much it means to me. 
Oh, yeah, the man's an absolute legend. Like, there's just no way around it. And it absolutely breaks my heart watching this team fail him. You know what breaks my heart even more, though? Are seeing these morons on social media that want to call him out and basically say that. Didn't you have a guy that told you last night that he didn't play with heart? Uh, I had my dad tell me he doesn't think he plays hard. Like, I I just, what, what? Why? But but he's he's not the only one. Like there are people that believe this. All around it's like guys. That's the last dude that you should be criticizing. And look, I know. I ta- I I called him out after the Pittsburgh game. And I said, "Look, he's got to step up." Well, he has the last two games. But here's the thing about him. Even though he struggled against Pittsburgh, the one thing that I did not say is that he wasn't a leader. He is the leader of this team. It is so clear. We have asked that. There was a time last year where we were asking somebody, please step up and be a leader. He is so clearly the the, the leader on this team. And thank God for that. Because if he wasn't in that locker room, who the hell else is standing up and saying something? Nobody. Because we saw Inside Carolina wrote an article today. I believe it was Greg Barnes. If not, forgive me. But there were in the article that was written today, it was Armando, and the second person to stand up and ask why it took this team until they were down 26 to wake up and respond was Jackson Watkins, a walk-on. And look, no, no offense to Jackson Watkins. Hell, man, I give you credit. That takes a lot of that takes a lot of sack, man. That takes a lot to stand up in the locker room and say, try and, and call these dudes out as somebody that only plays in blowout games. He asked the question, "Why did we? Why did it take us that long?" But I mean, holy hell, nobody else wants to step up and say anything. None of the other five starters. Like, are you not embarrassed? None of the guys that came off the bench and at least played some minutes, none of those guys want to stand up and say anything. It takes a walk-on to stand up and ask guys, why did this happen? I mean, my God, that's a joke. I just, there's no other, there's nothing else to say. Like, you have to step up. Are you not dis- – like, the, the, I saw people asking this question last night. Are you not Are, are you not angry? Or are you not disappointed? Do you care? Those are the questions that need to be asked in that locker room right now. And they probably were last night. The question is, who were they asked by? Were they asked by Hubert? Were they asked by Armando? Or were they, were they asked by the athletic director? Like, I'm sorry, dude. If your athletic director is coming in there and talking to you, man, you, you, that should be your damn wake-up call, man. Because how, how often does that happen? As far as we know, I don't ever remember Bubba Cunningham walking into the locker room in 1920. Well, that'd be pretty hard tw- to do. 2019, 2020. I don't remember Bubba Cunningham walking into the locker rooms of the football program when Larry Fedora was there at the end. Well, that should be a waste. But of he time. walks into your locker like this should be your wake up call. If it's not, then it just ain't clicking. 
So, I mean, that's 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 where it's at with the mindset of this team, man. And, yeah, credit to Armando. And, yes, it's at the point right now, this season, and it, 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 when you look back on it, it might be for his career when it's all said and done. You will say, man, this dude deserved a hell of a lot better than what he got from some of the dudes around him. Let's take a look at the stat of the game really quickly before we take a break. Um, I went free throws, just the, the sheer margin that, that Wake Forest took. I mean, they were 33 of 42. Um, so they made seven more free throws than Carolina took. But I did think Carolina was a lot more aggressive, a lot more assertive. Uh, they got to the foul line 26 times and converted 21 of those. But ultimately, it wasn't enough. As, as Carolina fell for the third straight time overall and for the third straight time at Wake Forest. So uh, with that, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to get you the latest offer we have from DraftKings. And when we come back, more thoughts, more takeaways uh, as Carolina seasons hang, hangs in the balance. That's coming up next right here on the Four Corners Podcast, back after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus and bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Uh, if you had to guess, what do you think leads off my thoughts or takeaways list for this portion of the pod? I mean, I don't really know because I got to be honest, I don't know how much there is to actually talk about from the game. Uh, Take a guess. Just the care factor of the team. Yeah, there you go. It's actually blank. So there's nothing. I wrote nothing down. Yeah, I mean, there's not really. I got to be honest. We we kind of said everything right there because none of none of the box score stuff matters. Well, I mean, like the, if the, this team doesn't care, if this team can't get their minds right, then none of this other stuff matters. The shooting doesn't matter. The rebounding doesn't matter. The assists don't matter. The free throw line doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters if you're not getting your mind right moving forward because if 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 it doesn't happen the season's over well it's that simple well that, guys. That, that's where we are and i think the thing is is that it's like okay you're 15 and 9 
You're seven and six in the league. Virtually, according to every major bracketologist out there, you're a last four team in. No team since the tournament expanded. I can't expanded, believe they're even in, man. No team <laughs> since the tournament expanded in 1984-85. Start of the season, preseason number one, and missed the field. The good news, if you want to look at it from an optimistic point of view, is that they have a schedule that allows them to play their way right back into the field. You win some of these games, you're going to make the NCAA tournament. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not... I mean that's 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 just the facts. But it ain't gonna be easy. On the flip side, if you lose all these games like you're doing right now, I mean they're zero and three in this pivotal six game stretch. Like they're not gonna win the ACC regular season title. That's out the window. The deficit is is too much oh, to overcome. Oh, they're long gone. Yeah. Um, you know, even with the return game at with Virginia coming in in Chapel Hill, there's just it's just too much of an obstacle for. And even with Clemson coming to town this weekend. Which I think Carolina can win both of those games. This stretch has nearly eliminated any chance at a double bye. You, you know, so like if, if if you know, so with that off the board, it, it it's just it's just infuriating. I, and, and look, I saw someone say, "Why did it take until this to have this 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 come to this come to Jesus meeting, if you will?" Well, here's the thing, guys. What if we would have done this in December? When you lost four in a row. And remember, we didn't really panic. I mean, look, it wasn't that we were we weren't happy. We weren't ecstatic. You you lost two really, really tough games on a neutral floor out west. Yep. Against two really good basketball teams. I mean, I don't know for all all the listeners, I've watched Alabama. Alabama has a chance to win a national championship. Yep. I've watched Iowa State. Iowa State has a chance to win a national championship. I got to tell you, if I had to just pick four teams to make the Final Four not knowing the brackets today, um, there's a chance both of those teams could probably show up pretty easily. You know, they lost to Indiana. Guess what, guys? Indiana can win a national championship. So when you came back from that, it was... They can win a national title. Ah, maybe. Now, I don't know. They're, I'm, they're, I'm not asking. They're I'm, still a really good team. I'm telling but. you. I've, I've watched them. They can win a national title. We came back from that, and we were kind of like, okay, definitely issues. What was the chemistry this bad in December? No. Was the disconnect this bad in December? Was the care factor? I I think that was what the, it. The, it wasn't even that bad in that game against Pittsburgh. I think you that's just, the most, you just went. You you went you, you made stupid mistakes late yeah. in the game. I mean that was all that was. You know, and then Hubert said that look after the loss, man, we're disappointed. But was you know and look, thank goodness he didn't get up on that podium and say, "I was proud of the effort." Whatever. Because no one wanted to hear that last Oof. night. Yeah, well, if that happened, um, hmm, this podcast would have come out a lot earlier um, and probably would have been the first ever edition of this podcast that was explicit um, because you would have absolutely lost it. So, well, here's the other What thing. happened? I just don't. I I don't know how we got. We're we're we're, we're literally where we were last year. Um, if not, yeah, I think it might be worse. If not even worse, because like last year, as frustrating as it was, on the surface it made sense. 
because first, first year, year head coach. Yeah. Yep. You know, you brought in three transfers that started off the season with roles that you were trying. You were trying to figure out. Lost one of them. You know, lost, um, lost Anthony Harris, who was big early in the year for you as a rotational guy. So, like, on the surface, not, I'm not saying that it was acceptable because 15-8 and eight at Carolina, I don't care what the – I mean, I don't care what the circumstances are. It's never acceptable. It made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense, but the one thing that I think I keep coming back to – is as much as we we loved the, this the, the these these kids and embrace them during that run last year. These are the same kids that forced a Hall of Fame head coach to retire. They 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 drove Roy Williams to retirement, and I know he can say he thought about quitting in nineteen. I know he thought that's what he said. Donald believed him because I think he knew. God, we were really you know we were really really close. With with that team, they made the Sweet Sixteen. You know, you were you were on the doorstep of getting back to the Final Four and maybe winning a national title. That's what this that's what this core of kid is. Well, co- well, I mean, COVID certainly helped too. That was just, I mean, especially because when he retired, it was there was still so much uncertainty about it. It was a very stressful and strange season. But yeah, I mean, he was, was still coaching those players, these players, and for whatever reason, outside of Armando, and look, I'm gonna loop R.J. Davis in there because I don't know how many times I've looked at R.J. Davis and questioned. I really don't, and that's not me saying that because he's my favorite player on this team. Because if if I questioned it, I'd come on here and say I questioned him. But by I mean we, we we've all questioned Caleb Love since he got here. I mean the poor the poor kid admitted last year to not playing hard in a game. Yeah, that's that that's that's kind of where you know Le- it started for me. You know, right Le- Le- Leaky I mean. Black's a limited player, but even at times with his limitations, he wasn't playing with the with the with the level that he has to play at to be his best version of himself. Pete Nance is just simply Pete Nance is overmatched. Pete he, Nance is just, not an ACC quality basketball he, he's player. Just, he's soft, man, and that's that's nothing even personal towards Pete. He's just he's not he's not physical enough to play one in the ACC and two at the four spot in this conference. He's and, just not. And so, like, I mean, I know we were all naive about how important Brady Manick was because I mean we all thought that they could come in and. Well, do a lot of things to just kind of pick up where they left off, but it's 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 still a really bad state of affairs. If a one year transfer, who played really high quality basketball for two months, yeah, was that daggum important to what you I did mean, last dude, year? I gotta in the tell you, I gotta tell you, you better put that jersey in the rafters if this keeps going. Holy crap! I mean, you talk about one of the most valuable players in the history of the damn program, like. As Team of, morale gets his jersey retired. As of right now. Honored. I mean, dude, where does he rank in terms of the most important guys, in ter- like glue guys, in, in the history of the of the program? Like, if you're know. just basing it off of this year. He's got to be like, one, like, like two or three. I mean, holy crap, man. I don't know. And he I was think that I don't important. Wanna know. And I don't want to know. But the thing to understand is, look, we did not think Pete Nance was going to be Brady Manick. People need to understand that. We thought he would be able to come in and provide some decent help in place of him. 
Puff Johnson would develop even more. And look, that's not all Puff's fault. Puff's had injuries yet again this year. And I think at this point, that's something that Carolina's just got to admit to themselves that that's an element with him that's not going away. Yeah. We thought once he got healthy last year, uh, you know, up until the title game, and that was something, that's that wasn't an injury. That was just w- whatever, dehydration, whatever that was. Wasn't an injury. We thought, okay, he got through that stretch early in his career. Now he's going to settle in. Then he suffers the injury issues this year, that knee still bothering him. Okay, that's an element of him moving forward. We also thought the guys on the you know, around him on the team would step up. Well, early in the year, offensively, Leaky Black did. But he's kind of regressed to the guy that he was a year ago. Same guy. He contributes about as much as he does on the offensive end. There's games where he really doesn't do much at all. Um, and we thought that R.J. Davis and Caleb Love would step up. Man, I'll, I'll be damned if anybody's going to tell me that R.J. Davis, before this four-game stretch, wasn't playing better basketball than he did a year ago. If you didn't think that, then you weren't watching. But he struggled a little bit here lately during the most important stretch, which sucks. It's co- It coincides with an injury, so it's hard to be overly critical, but it, it's it's something that it, that it has to be pointed out. And the biggest thing is... Man, we had we we said, dude, Caleb Love's got to take that next step. <laughs> I mean, he's taking two or three steps back. Taking steps out the door, maybe. I mean, this dude. I mean, he's back at the start. Like, is this is this version of Caleb Love worse than when he was a freshman? Um, like, it's got to be damn close. I don't. I I don't really think it's even a conversation. Like, I mean, it's you, just you, that's that's the watched. thing, man. I hate just pointing out one guy and saying it's all your fault, and it's it's not all his fault. Uh, it's about eighty because percent. Because Pete Nance, man, you 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 had to step up. You you have not been the guy that you've needed to be. And some of these guys on the bench, man, Dontrez Styles. Clearly, you did not take the steps that you needed to this offseason. And I don't care. Do not do not come telling me on social media that he's just being held down by the coach. Get the hell out of here with that crap. There is no way that that is actually true. Look at how many guys played last night. If Dontrez Styles was even remotely a part of the rotation, if he was doing the things that he was supposed to do, he would have been out there last night. He wasn't. Shows you all you need to know. So... I, I just, I mean, that's that's where you're at with this team. They just, they didn't do the things that they needed to do. But the reason why, and this this goes into the, 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 the issue that a lot of people were bringing up to me on social media last night. They want to see these guys on the bench. I mean, there's people that don't want to see the majority of these guys, but mainly there, there's a lot of people that have told me, I don't want to see anybody besides Armando Baycott play the rest of the season. That's star- that's a starter. I wouldn't be against it. That's not going to happen. And, it, and, and honestly, it can if you want to make the NCAA tournament. If you want to make the tournament, none of the guys coming off the bench are going to give you a chance to do that. They're not good enough. And don't... This this thing of well they should have played them more earlier in the year. What games could they have really played them more earlier in the year? You know why? Blame the starters for it. They couldn't put teams away. We've talked about that all season long, and it was in the non-conference. You couldn't put away UNCW, Gardner Webb. Those are the games where you could have played these guys, and they did. They played these guys some in those games. 
But, I mean, they're just, we saw it last night. There was one guy off the bench last night that had a positive plus-minus number. That's Tyler Nickel. And look, even with him, man, he scored three points. That's the area Carolina needs help is on the offensive end of the floor. And he's just, he ain't providing that right now because he's a freshman, because he needs time to develop. The only way this team makes the tournament is if these guys that are starters get in some sort of rhythm. I get it. You, especially. If they can, if, if guys like Caleb Love, Leaky Black, Pete Nance continue to take bad shots, there will be times you have to take them out of the game. But you cannot eliminate these guys from the game plan because if you do, you are throwing in the towel. Anybody that thinks that that is the solution is just to not play these guys, you're quitting on the season. It's that simple. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and the thing is, is that. Carolina can't afford to quit on the season because everything is still in front of them. Just like it was at this time last year. The things that they want to do and the things they they want to accomplish, they're all still possible. Um, but it, it you know, it, and it, it starts with winning at home on Saturday against Clemson, and we'll have you covered, guys, at HeelToughBlog.com, where you can go back and, and read more about Carolina's defeat to Wake Forest last night in Winston-Salem. Of course, I'll be back a little bit later in the week getting you ready for a Carolina and Clemson as I continue to take you through the remainder of this basketball season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. But we do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we do want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions like this one where we come in a little fired up, a little amped up, talking about the Tar Heels as the 2022-23 season marches on. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!